you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. NFL Explained is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Welcome to NFL Explained, a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. America's most reliable network is going ultra with Verizon 5G ultra wideband in more and more places. With up to 10 times faster speeds, you can download a movie in mere minutes. What? Yes, Verizon is going ultra, so you can too. 5G ultra-wideband available in select areas, most reliable based on rankings from the Root Metrics U.S. Root Score Report dated first half 2021. Excluding C-band and not specific to 5G networks, your results may vary. Not an endorsement. Speed comparison to median Verizon 4G LTE speeds downloads vary based on network conditions and 5G content optimization. Upwork is the world's work marketplace. Empower your business and hire the world's most in-demand developers, designers, project managers, and more at www.upwork.com. Takes the lone receiver to the left. The Packers play it at the goal line. As Wilson scrambles to keep it alive. The game's final play is a Wilson lob to the end zone. Which is fought for by Tate with Jennings simultaneous. Who has it? Who they give it to? Touchdown! The fail, Mary, yes, Packers and Seahawks 2012. It wasn't just a great game. It was a great Monday night game. And we'll have more on that one in just a bit. Welcome to NFL Explained. It is the podcast where your love of football meets curiosity. I'm Mike Am. She's Aditi Kinkabwala. Hi, everyone. Aditi, Monday night, the focus. I hear that football anthem. Are you ready for some football? That is the first thing that I think of that kind of reverberates inside of my skull when it comes to Monday night football. What stands out for you? I'm hung up on this. You, you're not going to sing that? You're no, just no, going no. to say it? Aditi, this podcast, it's early on. We haven't grown an audience to the point where they hear me sing and then they will come back. So I think this is a good thing that you don't hear me sing. If you want to frame it that way. But look, <laughs> ultimately, ultimately, Mike, everything is bigger when it happens on Monday night. Look, think about Brett Favre playing after his father passed away. The legend of Brett Favre 
it was what it was, but now you don't tell the story of the legend of Brett Favre without mentioning that game. The fail Mary with Aaron Rodgers. That ended a labor strife between the NFL and the Referees Association. If there's that lousy call on a Sunday afternoon, I don't know that that labor strife ends. And then I think about one of the greatest Monday night games that I was ever at myself last year, Ravens-Browns in Cleveland, when Lamar Jackson goes to the bathroom or doesn't go to the bathroom, (laughs) whatever it was, it turned into the biggest story in all of America. And again, one o'clock Sunday afternoon. Don't think that any of those stories are quite as big, Mike. No, you're right. There's so much juice, the the night energy. In fact, it's funny because, Aditi, you just highlighted the fail Mary game. And I know we heard the highlight at the top of the show, Packers, Seahawks, 2012. One of the best parts about doing this podcast is you get to text and you get to hear from people that are listening to the show. And one of my buddies actually has been listening since we started this show. And he's Evan Moore. And he actually played for the Seahawks. And I told him, I said, hey, man, look, we're actually doing a Monday night football episode. And I wanted to get his take on the juice and what it's like on a Monday night and the energy. And he said, yo, I played in that fail Mary game. And he's like, one of the things that people don't realize is back in the day, the NFL at that point in 2012, when time expired and you, you had the game winning touchdown, you actually had to go back onto the field to kick the PAT. Uh, Evan told me that they were in the locker room. Marshawn had just hopped out of the shower, had a towel on, and someone said, hey, we got to go and kick the PAT. Marshawn dead sprint <laughs> into the tunnel, was ready to go out onto the football field, Aditi, and be a part of it in a towel. So that would have been a major issue. And Evan and his teammates said, no, 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 Marshawn, you got to stay back in the locker room with that towel. You know, I'm having a feeling that that probably would have been in violation of the NFL's uniform codes because, you know, (laughs) that those things are really pretty strict. There's an inspector every game checking everybody's shoes and socks and cleats and all of that. No concern about where those socks were were laying on the, uh, <laughs> on, on those calves. Um, but I think the biggest question, at least for this episode, Aditi, is, is why Monday night? Why do we actually have football games on a Monday night? Well, it's interesting, right? Because now here we are. We play football on Thursday night. We play football on Sunday night. Heck, I was at a game on a Wednesday afternoon last year. This all really started, though with Monday nights. And it is the brainchild or was the brainchild of the NFL commissioner, Pete Rozelle. Pete Rozelle obviously was around at a time when television was exploding. And Mike, he started imagining the entire country sitting around their TVs, watching one game together as a somewhat communal experience in the age before Twitter, obviously. So he toyed with it. In the 1960s, there was, you know, a game in primetime every so often. And Pete Rozelle thought about potentially playing on a Friday night. But Friday didn't work, Mike, because that was high school football night. And obviously, you can't mess around with high school football. And so it was in 1964 that he actually said, "Okay, let's try a Monday night. There was a game between the Packers and the Lions at Detroit's Tiger Stadium. The game was actually not on TV, but it was a sellout. It was a grand affair. It was tremendous. And by the merger of the NFL and AFL in 1970, the NFL and Pete Rozelle had figured out, okay, we're going to have one night game a week. It's going to be on Monday night. It's going to be shown on only one network. And it turned into this tremendous brand, this tremendous property, as you said. I mean, there's a song. There are songs that go just with Monday night football. The one fascinating wrinkle to all of this, we 
we got Netflix now, right? We got Amazon Prime. We got all of these different ways in terms of streaming platforms to go and get your television and your entertainment. But back then in the 60s, CBS, NBC, ABC, three major networks. You're sitting there watching Ed Sullivan, Dar's Day, you know, and, and game shows, things like that. That's what grabbed the attention of a lot of families. And it took this creative thinking. You mentioned Roselle, you know, to create sort of this Monday night package. A lot of those TV networks, though, they weren't really having it at the time. And it was really just we net out at ABC saying, OK, we'll take a flyer and try to make this happen. And you also think about just how big you mentioned the songs. Look, Ron Jaworski, who is a part of that broadcast crew, Melissa Stark, also part of that broadcast crew. They're going to be joining us a little bit later in this podcast to tell us about their individual experiences around Monday night and why the game is so special on that particular evening. But look, the first regular season game, Cleveland Browns, Art Modell, an advertising executive. He's the type of guy that wanted to host that first game, saw the juice and the buzz that's there. But Aditi, you say to yourself, well, who's that opponent going to be? It's all about the Jets, right? Broadway Joe coming off of that Super Bowl win. It just made sense to sort of funnel in that direction. Browns, by the way, just in case anyone was actually wondering, they defeated the Jets in that particular matchup. How about this for a weird box score, Aditi? The Browns scored a passing touchdown, a rushing touchdown, returned a kickoff for a touchdown, and had a pick six. I think if you're working that post-game locker room when it's over, I, I don't even know which direction you want to actually lean in. Maybe avoid... Joe Namath, who threw three interceptions in that particular game. But how about just like the differences in the broadcast itself? And you, we almost take for granted to Didi when we watch Monday nights now and we have kind of grown up even as football fans, you almost take for granted the three-man announcing booth, right? And the fact that you have that access, well, it was Keith Jackson, the legendary voice. I was kind of just, I wish I could do a great Keith Jackson imitation. I can't. Uh, Don Meredith comes to mind. Howard Cosell and these iconic moments that that crew was able to give us, but twice as many cameras a Didi for that Monday night game than we normally would have for any of the ones that were played on Sunday. Which is crazy credit to ABC that they recognize this is something that we could produce in a different way. But, you know, you mentioned Howard Cosell. That's probably one of the most iconic moments on Monday night. He was the one that announced and formed the American public during a live Monday night football broadcast that John Lennon had been killed. Got to go back 1980. And you're right, those seminal moments, because you also saw on Monday night, Aditi, this convergence of not only the sport of football, which is entertaining, but sort of this Hollywood vibe, right? Because you would right. get appearances from movie stars and musicians, instant replay. You know, the first time you're seeing access on the field with sideline reporters doing interviews with players and coaches. I mean, that was sort of a, a new wrinkle into a lot of the coverage that we were able to get over time. It's amazing because Melissa Stark, you mentioned her earlier, she's a very good friend of mine. And we've actually talked about this at the intersection of culture, that those football games, those Monday night games sort of transcend the regular football slate. And even the casual fan is watching Monday night football, yeah. perhaps more closely than any other game. And I bet she's got some good stories about that. Yeah, I uh, know she will, because you're right, that cross section of entertainment and sport I think that's right. why Monday Night Football has thrived the way that it has. I mean, you mentioned John Lennon and the fact that that news breaks and Cosell's the one that delivers that to an audience. 
you know, you fast forward a few more years after that. I mean, I don't know if anyone, you would have told Pete Rozelle when they were doing that deal in the 60s, hey, 1986 comes around, 17 seasons. It's the longest primetime series in the history of network television. That's Monday Night Football, which, oh, by the way, just continues to happen because we still have Monday Night Football. Do you have a favorite Monday Night Football voice? John Madden, Dennis Miller, John Gruden? So... To me, Miller's the one that stands out because of how different that experience is. But my childhood football soundtrack is John Madden. So it's hard for me to not think about big games. I mean, even now, right? Like people will, like I hear Aikman and Buck, like to me, that game sounds bigger because of that crew as an example. But there are certain voices that resonate more with me. And I don't know if it's because I watch them and it's a generational type thing. It's hard to argue with that. And I think it was also the idea that John Madden was just this larger-than-life figure, that he wouldn't get on planes, that he, you know, just uh, all of it. And again, that still goes back to this idea of Monday night football being so big. And you think about the forethought of a Pete Rozelle to be able to see that, the insight of an art model to raise his hand and say, I want to be a part of that. And that this many years later, that Monday Night Football is still, it's obviously moved on to ESPN. And there are two other nights a week that you do have this individual primetime game. But there's still something about Monday night. When you ask players, they tell you that they know Monday night, the entire league is watching them play. I mean, I've had this conversation repeatedly. A lot of guys say that Sunday night football, well, you might be traveling from an away game or you might be having to spend time with your wife or, you know, whatever that, yeah, sure, you try to watch a Sunday night game and you try to watch a Thursday night game, but it's not the same as Monday night when you are definitely tuned in and you know everybody else is tuned in. Yeah, it's just all eyeballs on that particular product. You mentioned, and I talked about this a little bit earlier with network television, you touched on it now moving to cable television, but now it's, you know, a couple years in a row, the most watched series on cable for the last four years is Monday Night Football. Uh, Aditi, you and I both know we're passionate football fans. There's a reason for that. The eyeballs, the juice, the energy, whenever you're talking about one of those night games, just how significant that is. Mm. Wow. All right, Mike, just a few little fun factoids about Monday Night Football. Do you know which team has played the most on Monday Night Football? Um, Off the top of my head, if I'm guessing, I'll go Dallas Cowboys, America's team. Good guess, but it's actually the Miami Dolphins. Mm. Can you guess what teams have the most wins on Monday Night Football? Uh, I can tell you it's probably not the Miami Dolphins. (laughs) Then that would be a good guess. Your 49ers. Well, I mean, you live there. I know the Giants are your Giants. But anyway, the 49ers and the Pittsburgh Steelers are tied for the most wins on Monday night. Here's the last one. How many stadiums have made their official debut on Monday night football? Eight. That was pretty close, actually. Seven is the correct answer. But a couple weeks ago, when the Raiders hosted Monday Night Football at Allegiant Stadium, it was sort of kind of a debut because there weren't fans a year ago. So even though this isn't the first year of Allegiant Stadium, it is the first year of fans in Allegiant Stadium. And so that Raiders... You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring... 
your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Ravens game gets you kind of maybe sort of to eight. Yeah, right? that's maybe. kind of if it's if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it, does the tree make noise? <laughs> I think it's the same. <laughs> maybe that's a question for Ron Jaworski. What do you the, think? Yeah, that that logic applies when fans are not in attendance. So that's where I net out. We always talk about the importance of those fans. Uh, so, yes. And especially for Raiders fans. Are you kidding me? Come on now. Black hole all day. Uh, you mentioned Jaws, who really can give us unique perspective on Monday nights. In fact, the first Monday night game that he ever watched, he was in his dorm room. Little did he know he'd play on Monday nights and then be a part of the broadcast crew. Ron Jaworski with unique perspective on the significance of Monday night football. That's still to come on NFL Explained. America's most reliable network is going ultra with Verizon 5G ultra wideband in more and more places so you can do more. With up to 10 times faster speeds, you can download a movie in mere minutes. What? Yes, that's faster than your morning coffee run. Lights, camera, coffee. And while you're at it, go on and download a whole series in minutes or a new song in seconds. A one, a two, a one, two. Oh, it's done? Stock up on all that entertainment and sure, you can download work files faster too if you have to. So you can quickly get back to all these great movies, shows, and songs you've just gotten your hands on. Verizon 5G Ultra Wideband is now in more and more places. Verizon is going ultra, so you can too. 5G Ultra Wideband available in select areas. Most reliable based on rankings from the RootMetrics U.S. Root Score Report dated first half 2021. Excluding C-band and not specific to 5G networks, your results may vary. Not an endorsement. Speed comparison to median Verizon 4G LTE speeds. Downloads vary based on network conditions and 5G content optimization. Build the team that will build your business. With Upwork, you can find top developers, designers, project managers, and more who can start today so your business can succeed tomorrow. Hire at home or in 180 countries around the world to find the right talent for whatever your business needs. Upwork, the world's work marketplace. Learn more at www.upwork.com. Here it is, second down and 10 for the Eagles. Jaworski on second down, retreats, he's looking, he fires the football, complete the quick, he's going to go, 25-40, 35-40, midfield, 45-40, 35-40, Mike Quick, touchdown, the Eagles win, the Eagles win, forget the field goal, Jaworski to Quick, 99 yards, an all-time Eagles record. 
Oh, there's one thing that maybe I don't love more than anything else other than hearing awesome calls and the throwback calls. And I'm sure, Ron, some of the memories for you that kind of just resonate when you hear a touchdown. Those are the good moments. But Monday Night Football, that is the focus of today's episode here on NFL Explained. And Aditi, you and I felt like maybe the best person to talk to on this particular subject is Ron because he played in some of these games and then he's on a short list. It's a small fraternity of people that have been able to say that they've been in the broadcast booth for Monday Night Football. Ron, you're one of those. Can't thank you enough for the time. You heard the touchdown call. Do you have any idea? Like, I don't know if you're a numbers guy and focused in on your career. Do you know your Monday night record and some of your numbers surrounding those games? I do not. I was never concerned about the numbers. I was concerned about finding a way to win. So uh, the numbers were irrelevant except the final score. Do you want to know the numbers? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do have a winning record on Monday oh, well, night. So good. there is that. <laughs> and you do have more touchdowns than picks on Monday oh, night. Okay, so there's that the too. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, you want I five and four, I believe, right. with six touchdowns. Yeah, six <laughs> touchdowns. And we won't mention the interceptions because in All your right. memory, if you don't remember them, then they never happened, Ron. That's the one thing that... that that's become obvious. Maybe that, that's the starting point, right? Like yeah. Monday Night Football, Adini and I just kind of talked about the history of the game. When I say Monday Night Football, what's sort of the first memory that comes to mind? Well, watching Monday Night Football. You know, I watched the first Monday Night game between the New York Jets and the Cleveland Browns in my dorm room, Kilcauley <laughs> Hall at Youngstown State University. The first game. Now, obviously, I was playing ball at the time in college and it was just great to watch more football, particularly on a Monday night. And at that time, you know, it grew from that to Monday night football being just the king. I'm, you know, everybody watched Monday night football from, you know, Howard Cosell, Keith Jackson, Dandy Don, the whole fantastic early groups of Monday night football. And, you know, I still remember a game when I was playing with the LA Rams on a Monday night game that Howard Cosell had called the game. And he made a kind when you're playing, you don't hear anything, obviously you're playing the game, but after the game, people said, well, you know, Howard Gosell called you a young Joe Namath, you know. But <laughs> that is really cool, man. Howard Gosell <laughs> called me a young Joe Namath. <laughs> so you, you hear things from other people because you're not really concerned about what other people are saying until the game's over. Well, you mentioned Joe Namath, and he actually played in that very first Monday night game that you're referencing. When you heard there was going to be a game in primetime on a weeknight, did it feel revolutionary? Did it feel like, wait a minute, this is completely messing up the week a little bit? Absolutely. I mean, when you think about football back then, now that was, you know, 1970, and I came in the NFL in 1973, you know, there was ABC, NBC, CBS. That, that was it. You know, and uh, primetime programming, that's pretty much what you had to choose from. You know, we're all in a different world right now where there's so many choices that you have to watch any event. So it really was special Monday night football. You know, it was, I mean, you think, I think it was like the, the ratings were through the roof, 30 million people every Monday night watching games. So yeah, it was bigger and probably better back then. Well, take us through that piece of it too. When you were playing, there was no Sunday night football. There was no Thursday night football. So as a player putting on your uniform for Monday night football, in what ways was that different than Sunday afternoon? You knew everyone was going to be watching. All the other games were played on Sunday. It was a Monday night game. You know, if there were 28 teams or 32 teams, or whatever the case may have been back in the, you know, the 70s, you knew every one of your opponents was watching that game. And that was your chance to show your wares, you know, that, hey, we're going to show everyone around the league how good we are or individually how good you are as an individual player. So clearly it was the focus of not only the fans across America, but the players and coaches as well. Ron, you made reference to the fact that there was only the three networks, ABC, NBC and CBS. 
Was there something specific as a viewer or something that you were told after you played in the game that was just different about that broadcast compared to what they were normally getting? Yeah, no question. When, in fact, you know, when, when the schedule came out, you know, you wanted to be on Monday Night Football. I mean, there is absolutely no doubt about it. Careers were made on Monday Night Football. And once you saw that schedule and you said you had a Monday Night game, it was one of those you took the pen on and circled that one. That, <laughs> You know, that's the one you want to have the big game on. You want to be at your best. And in the same vein, you don't want to have a clunker either. because That's what people will remember about that game. Because that's people aren't watching all the other teams. They're watching two particular teams and a particular player. So if you're that particular player, you want to be sure you put on a strong performance. Well, take us to when you got to call those games. When you first got tapped for that assignment to do the color, what went through your head? Yeah, it was absolutely crazy. I'll give you the exact scenario. At that time, I was the owner of the Philadelphia Soul of the Arena Football League. And and we were playing a game. And uh, that's when I got notified that I was going to be asked to do Monday Night Football at halftime of that game. And I was told Norby Williamson at the time was uh, the, the coordinating producer. He was at the Soul game and he came late because his plane was delayed. So at halftime, he told me, you're going to get the deal for Monday Night Football, but you can't tell anyone because <laughs> you know he, Norby was very professional about his approach and Joe Theismann was calling games with Kornheiser and Tariqo and he said I'm going to meet with Joe personally and let him know that you know a change is being made so I totally respected the professionalism of Norby and Joe handled it very well to this day we still remain dear friends but I couldn't tell anybody and my wife is sitting next to me at the game I said can I tell my wife <laughs> <You know? laughs> <laughs> and so I was able to tell her that was it. So it, it, it took a couple of weeks before the word actually had gotten out. And Norby did it very professionally and said, you know, before it got out that I was going to call Monday Night Football. And, you know, I could have been more ecstatic. I have to work with Mike Tirico, who, you know, was kind of my mentor all along. And Tony Kornheiser, who I worked with for a couple of years. And John Gruden. It was five remarkable years of my life. And Chip Dean was a great director. And, you know, all, all the people that were involved with it, you know, were just were, were first class in every way you could imagine. Jay Rothman was absolutely outstanding. And the resources that ESPN then threw at Monday Night Football. I mean, my God, we have more darn people and football teams have because they wanted to be right. And we think we delivered a really good product. I, I was very fortunate to work with great people. The nerves that come with that, though, I think all of us sort of have <laughs> that moment, right? Like you get an opportunity and it's so big. This is like the sports world in this country is focused. I still remember watching you on a lot of those broadcasts. I can't even imagine the chills and the nerves that come with having to perform at that level. Michael, you are so correct. And, and, you know, I played in the NFL for 17 years as a player, so you kind of been through the nerves and you learn how to control them and everything else. But I still remember Hank Williams. You know, we are ready to come on the air. And I'm, I'm thinking, oh, my God, you know, my family, my oh, everyone, my high school, college, everything's going to be watching this Monday night football game. And all of a sudden, Hank Williams starts singing, are you ready for some football? Now, there's a, so you're listening to this. You're, you know, you're ready to go. And Tariqo and Kornheiser are next to me. And you know you're going to get the go. And Mike's going to welcome the Monday night football. You know? But as the Hank Williams song is playing, I'm like thinking, oh, my God, like 20 million people are, when that red light goes on are going to see me, you know? And I'm just worried I'm going to go like, when Mike throws me, I go, it was probably one of the few times I could honestly tell you I was very nervous in my life. But once we got through that first minute, everything was pretty smooth sailing because I worked with great people. Ron, we have met in many a press box and many of a food room, in fact. But, you know, there was Sunday night football or Sunday night football was added in the 80s. Then, of course, Thursday night football was added in 2006. 
I've been to a Wednesday game. Last year, there was a Wednesday yes. game. And a Tuesday game. <laughs> right. So we've now played football all the time. What is it about Monday night that still feels so magical? And it can't be diluted by all of these other night games. I just think, indeed, it's one game. It's one game. You know, and of course, with Sunday, you could have five or six games being played at the same time. The late games, you had a few games going on. I think the fact that one game, you have, you have no choice. You either watch that game or you don't watch football. You flip over, watch a baseball game. And I think most people would prefer to watch the football game. At least I would think they would do it. But I think the fact that it's one game and normally you get the best production. You know, I'm mean, we work and I, I tell people this. If I showed you my calendar during the Monday night football that season, we were working 90 hours a week, 90. And, you know, you're around a lot of the, the guys, you know, and the ladies, you know how it is. If you're going to be good at your craft and you're, you're getting the game that everyone's going to watch, we got producers, we got directors, we got statisticians, we got replay guys. We, I mean, we, we got officials. You've got the best of the best on your crew. So that's what made it really exciting. You knew the game was you know, normally going to be a good game because people bring their best in the primetime game. You get the best talent covering the game. So it's it, it just great to be part of a show like that. Ron, as we we're preparing for the show, I was, we we're on an email chain and I had wrote this to Aditi and I said, man, I'm really so excited to talk to you in particular because you understand that there's a cultural relevance that comes with Monday Night Football and yet 70s, 80s, I, I'm 39. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I watched reruns of, you know, Dar's Day Show with my grandmother and Ed Sullivan. <laughs> like, I understand yeah. it to a point. I didn't live it, though. How do you characterize the cultural significance of Monday Night Football? Yeah, I mean, you think of, you know, when John Lennon got, you know, it was announced on Monday Night Football. There's so many iconic things that happened, you know, that were relevant to Monday Night Football. And very few times was, you know, the game ever broken into or uh, Howard Cosell breaking down because he got that news. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things that happened during Monday night football action. So I I think there was also the interviews with celebrities and superstars that came in the booth during the game. So that added to it as well. And it seemed like, you know, some of the stars that played were either became sideline reporters or, you know, even guys like in the booth, like myself, you know, so it, it just added to the luster of Monday Night Football, the iconic voices, the iconic personalities, the guests on the show, the halftime show, pregame interviews, and the pregame shows spawned off of Monday Night Football. It used to be a, I think, a half hour pregame show. Now they're like, seem like about five hour pregame shows now, <laughs> you know, so it, it just, it started a whole nother culture. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot. That same oh. email chain that Michael is referring to, we all went back and forth on our most iconic Monday night moments, because as you know, it's much bigger if it happens on Monday night than if it happens at 1 p.m. on Sunday. So one of our producers just before you came on was insisting it was Odell Beckham Jr. making that catch against Dallas. I'm arguing that it was Lamar Jackson running out of the bathroom last year in (laughs) Cleveland. Tell us, when you think of Monday night, what is either a play that you witnessed or a play that you called? Monday night moment. Yeah, well, I swore on Monday Night Football. You may remember that. <laughs> I didn't think I did, but I think I did. <laughs> and, <laughs> well, you're uh, lucky. We're not allowed to air what you broadcast. So. <laughs> it was slightly embarrassing. And at the time, it was very embarrassing because we went to a break. And Jay Roth, and our producer, says, he gets in my ear and he says, uh, Jaws, I, I think you swore. <laughs> and I'm going, no, I didn't. And I, I did say shit. So that was, you know, it wasn't like a bad word. I, I, you know. And so now we're in the break. And Jay says, well, you got to apologize, you know. Uh, so when we came out of the break, 
the camera was directly on me. There's a, you know, the, the camera in the box. And I got Gruden and Tariko next to me. And they are like, <laughs> they're, they're like laughing. At, they're, and, and I got to come on. And I, I got to be very serious. Obviously, I said an inappropriate word. And I said, uh, I have to apologize for an inappropriate word I used during my last play call. And I apologize to those people that I offended. And at the same time, I'm being dead serious. And Mike and John are just like cracking up because I got to make this apology. So that was probably my most embarrassing moment. <laughs> but, but, you know, I, hey, I made a mistake. I got excited in, in the course of the game. And I, I said, Shit. It's raw emotion. You know, yeah, you're, you're in, yeah. in the moment. How many of hey, you are? Michael, I'll, I'll take that another step. Because the next morning, my daughter, who watches the games and all that, says, Howard Stern is talking about you on, on radio. So my daughter was more impressed with that. Than the fact <laughs> <laughs> okay, like but that, let's yeah. be fair. The reason you said it is you were encouraging the quarterback to get rid of the ball a little bit more quickly, right? I mean, it was reasonable advice. That is correct. And actually, Howard Stern said some refreshing comments and, hey, that's how Jaws does a game. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. It's excited <laughs> like he's playing. You know? so, <laughs> so he backed me up, which is good. <laughs> how, how many of your old teammates or just people around the league messaged you after um, when it just came to your apology? Because people know you, right? And, and all of a sudden you're apologizing for an S-bomb during yeah. a broadcast just because you're excited. I would imagine, Nick, you said Tarico and company, like they're kind of giggling while you're having to make this oh, apology. Yeah. I would imagine your close friends, your family, former teammates are sitting there laughing too. I'm kind of surprised I didn't say anything worse, to be honest with you. <laughs> you know, I'm a football guy. You know, I'm in 17 years in NFL, four years of college, four years of high school. There's a lot of locker room macho-ness, you know, and words do come out. And I'm probably, uh, you know, maybe not always the most appropriate user of the proper word, but <laughs> so I'm glad it was only a simple negative comment. <laughs> We're, we're with you there in a big way. Ron, we can't thank you enough for giving us some time. Going down memory lane, giving us some context on the significance of Monday Night Football and even just seeing you and hearing your voice, you can tell the joy that you have for not only the sport, but the reverence that you have for those games and Monday Night Football. So thank you so much for sharing it with us. Hey, my pleasure. Good luck to you guys and be safe. Well, thank you. And you too. We hope to see you soon. Thanks, Aditi. Bye. Mike, I have to tell you, Jaws is really, truly one of the real gentlemen in the National Football League media world. And I say that from personal experience. 
my favorite Monday Night Football sideline reporter, Melissa Stark, yes. comes and joins us next. Now, look, Melissa has covered just about everything there is to cover. She was on NBC, MSNBC. She's the mother of four children. She danced gamely at my wedding in oh. every way possible. And she is really and truly one of my favorite people. And I am pumped that she is coming to join us. Aditi, was she on fire literally at your wedding? There's a story in that. Not yeah. at my wedding, but there is a story to that. <laughs> and I'm sure you'll get it out of her. After the break, we'll talk to Melissa about fires and other things. This podcast is sponsored by Kindrel. Kindrel designs, builds, manages, and modernizes the mission-critical technology systems that the world depends on every day. Working side-by-side -side with their customers, they imagine things differently. By forging new strategic partnerships, they unlock new possibilities, creating a world powered by healthy digital systems alive with opportunity, oxygen to innovation, and energy to change the world. Kindrel, the heart of progress. This podcast is sponsored by Kindrel. Kindrel designs, builds, manages, and modernizes the mission-critical technology systems that the world depends on every day. Working side-by-side -side with their customers, they imagine things differently. By forging new strategic partnerships, they unlock new possibilities, creating a world powered by healthy digital systems alive with opportunity. Oxygen to innovation and energy to change the world. Kindrel, the heart of progress. Okay, Mike, this is like I say it to my kids. It is treat time. Treat because the fabulous, wonderful, brilliant Melissa Stark is joining us. I obviously talked about her a bit before the break, but she hosted the Olympics for MSNBC from Beijing. She was on the Today Show. She is now the host of NFL Network's Emmy Award winning NFL 360. But for a four year period, 2000 to 2003, she was Monday Night Football sideline reporter, and she is here to tell us all about that time period. So, Melissa, when you were doing Monday Night Football, there was no Thursday Night Football. Monday Night Football was basically the biggest show in town, right? It sure was. It was, oh gosh, Aditi, it was so long ago. My gosh, it was... Um, <laughs> 20 years ago. But yes, it was literally the highest rated show on television. And, um, you know, I look back and I kind of pinch myself because I was living it at the time. But now, you know, if, if we'd had social media and we'd had all these other things in my own little small world, you know, it would have felt bigger, but it was huge. I mean, it was the only thing under the lights, you know, every, I would always talk to the athletes. I remember talking to Jerry Rice and he gave the best quote. He's like, there is nothing like playing on Monday night under these lights. Cause we just, there, there was no other night game. So, um, yeah, it was pretty unique and special. So it seems like you at least have a sense now of the magnitude of the moment. But like you said, I mean, you're in your mid-20s, you're doing sidelines, it's Monday Night Football. In those moments, and it's kind of like pre-social media in a lot of ways, how did you know it was big even in that moment? It's funny you say that because, and Aditi can attest to this doing live shots and things like that on TV. You're not thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going out to 20 million viewers or I'm going out to five. So it's just you and a camera, right? But the night felt huge. Obviously, working with legends like Al Michaels and John Madden was huge. But I think the fact that like Saturday Night Live did a spoof on us, it was all the other things that like my friends kind of came up to me and said, wow, you know, you're big now. Like, you know, they just did a, they just did a skit on you on Saturday Night Live or the fact that I was on the Madden game, you know, all these younger kids knew my voice from, from Madden 2001 or Madden 2002, whatever it was at the time. So, you know, you're living it 
And I was young. I was just trying to be one of the guys because there weren't that many women in football at the time. And I kind of wish, you know, now with all my knowledge and my confidence of being a mother and all that, like I could go back and do it. And I feel like I know so much more about the world and everything and, and maybe could appreciate it. But at the time, it was just sort of overwhelming. And I'm here I am, you know, 26 years old in the spotlight. But it was incredible. Melissa, you just said something about how Monday Night Football had sort of this cultural reach, these cultural tentacles well beyond just a football game. You were there when there was kind of this reset and they brought a comedian to the broadcast booth. Well, okay, so basically it was Don Olmeyer, who was the legendary producer who worked at NBC and kind of started Saturday Night Live, just a genius. He came back for a year to revamp Monday Night Football. And his whole deal was, let me bring in five different voices, right? So he's got Al, of course. He brings in Dan Fouts, who's, you know, the quarterback and and uh, play by uh, the uh, analyst. Then he thinks to bring in Dennis Miller, probably from, you know, his Saturday Night Live days. And then Eric Dickerson, you bring in a former player, put him down on the sideline. And then, you know, the female voice and women viewership obviously has grown through the years. But still at the time, I mean, there were a lot of women who watched Monday Night Football just because it's more of a, you know, a lot of women watch the Super Bowl. It was more of like a kind of a spectacle, you know, an event because it was the one night game. So I was, yes, I was very much a part of that. And I was sort of thrown in there, you know, at a young age. I mean, I'm so appreciative looking back. I just, again, I wish I'd sort of knew more <laughs> and all of that at the time. Did you feel pressure? Because you just said it, hey, not a ton of females in football. And I can only imagine the comments that you had to hear throughout the course of your career, but certainly in a role that is as high profile as that. Do you feel pressure as a 26-year-old sideline reporter, Monday night football to say, you know what? I actually know what I'm talking about. Right. You know, and I would try and downplay. I mean, obviously, I was sort of representing the female voice in Donald Meyer's eyes, but also, you know, knowledgeable about football. But I kind of felt like I had to be one of the guys. Like I would, I wear contacts, but I'd wear my glasses. I'd wear jeans to the production meetings. Like when I was around all the players, I just sort of try and downplay my femininity. But the funny thing is, and Aditi knows this, then I went to go work at the Today Show. And then I'm with Katie Kirk, who's wearing like, you know, the highest high heels you could ever see. And it's all about being a female and embracing your femininity. So I go from one extreme to the next where you sort of feel like, okay, I can do this. And now it's kind of come full circle where, you know, it's okay to be a female and still be respected in football and still dress like a female and, you know, all of that. I mean, of course, there's a line to be drawn. So it was definitely a fine line to walk. And I definitely had people challenge me. And it was early on, I would say more in other sports, you know, like I was covering a golf event and Jack Nicholas said something, you know, sort of, it was with Tiger Woods and Sergio Garcia and people who of our era, you know, this generation who kind of get it and got that women were part of things. And then Jack said something sort of like, well, you might be nice to look at, but you're in my line or, you know, something like that. Where I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, but I digress from Monday Night Football. My point being, it wasn't always easy to be a female, you know, when you were so young covering this. And now it's much more accepted and commonplace. Well, Melissa, you know what? You do make a great transition right there. You have covered the Olympics. You've been on the sideline at Super Bowls, games in London, all of these big events. Mm -hmm. Tell us something about Monday Night Football that just isn't matched anywhere else or that makes it simply unique. You know, I I keep saying under the lights, but like the energy at night and just the fact when I did it, that it was the one game at night that made it so special. Um, I think working with legends, and you mentioned the Olympics and things like, and I've worked with some incredible people. 
But there was something about, you know, John Madden and riding in the Madden Cruiser and and then just the access that you have. I mean, granted, we have great access, you know, working at NFL Network and the NFL or if you work at ESPN or wherever, people have access. But like, you know, I could call any college coach and anywhere, you know, hey, it's Melissa Stark, one and ever, boom. You know, it was just sort of the name and the brand of it all was just, uh, you know, above and beyond. We, we can't let the Madden Cruiser grow. Yeah. I mean, have yeah, you got so, on road trips on the Madden Cruiser? Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, we went everywhere on it. Like, because if we travel with John, that was the only way to go. So every production meeting we go to, every time we went out to dinner, and and then it was really special because every usually the Christmas games, they'd always give us a Tampa game just because, you know, it was outside at night. They didn't want us to totally freeze at night. So we'd have one there. And my family lives near the Sarasota area, and John has a house in Sarasota. So my whole family would get on and we'd ride with John <laughs> down there. It was amazing. And he's just, you know, this larger than life figure, but just as down to earth and genuine as could be. And we're just cruising along, you know, after the game. Can you imagine if you had your kids then, four kids riding along in the Madden Cruiser? <laughs> I always say that. I mean, you know, now my kids can, you know, kind of come down on the field or do this and that or get a jersey signed or come to a Super Bowl. But like, to relive all of that would have been absolutely amazing through their eyes. I can't even imagine. Just they don't even the... really know I did it. It was so long ago. <laughs> They're like, Madding Cruiser, what? Um, Melissa, is there is there a moment that stands out? I'm sure there's probably a ton with, you know, just kind of hanging out with John and the entire crew. But when I say Monday Night Football, is there a memory that does stick out maybe above the rest? Ironically, our first season together, that first season with all the five people, and then it changed to just Al and John Madden and me. But, when we had everybody together, that was, I mean, Al would even tell you, our ratings were through the roof and we like to think that it was because of the five of us, but we had the best games. I mean, if you go back and look at it, we might've had five or six overtime games. We had the longest game in Monday night football history. It was the Vinny Testaverde, it was the Jets game. I mean, it just kept going and going and going. We also had uh, the Antonio Freeman catch, the, you know, Al Michaels like, he did what? You know, it was pretty cool just to be part of these. Um, and, and, you know, not that I'm complaining, but a lot of times, and you guys have been there down on the sidelines, it's not the best, you, you know, when you're yeah. a little raised up. Like sometimes I'd be like, wait, what just happened? I didn't see what happened. I got to run over and interview this guy, you know, because you're down at the ground level. But just the excitement of doing like the post-game interviews kind of right afterwards. I mean, it's nothing that you can really match. And then I fast forward in this past year, I went to a few games during COVID once they started opening it back up and no fans and no sidelines. And you realize the difference of the energy. I mean, and you guys understand that. I mean, it was like night and day. So you realize how much you appreciate those fans, how much you appreciate that atmosphere. Um, well, I, I do like my third game, my third game there. So they would make me stand to do my open right near where the players run out of the tunnel. And so like the pyrotechnics are going off, you know, as they introduce the team shooting up and my sweater, the back of my sweater caught on fire. And I stepped out of position. Don's like, get back in position. We're coming to you in three seconds. And so I had to do my report. And the thing was kind of smoldering in the back uh, for like 15 <laughs> seconds. So that was certainly pretty memorable. And like, you know, one of those treacherous things that you experience on the job. But it was, you know, there were a lot of, you know, just incredible, you know, Michael Vick. I, it just, I'm just trying to think back to all these guys. I mean, it was just Tom Brady, like in the opener in, in Gillette. I, it, was just, it was just incredible. Because, you know, it's a lot of these guys who are either retired now or, you know, Tom Brady's not retired, obviously, but, you know, to follow him through his career and to start back then, you know, and to cover Pro Bowl. We did, we, so if you did Monday Night Football, you did the Pro Bowl. So you'd go to Hawaii for two weeks at the end of the season. Love Talk it. about incredible. Oh my gosh, you guys are making me take walk down memory lane and like how amazing it was. Yeah. 
I know experiences uh, wasted on the young, right, Melissa? Yes, totally. Yes. <laughs> well, who wouldn't sign up for that now? Well, I know. Look, exactly. We so, so, so appreciate this. Is that smoldering sweater in Canton? You know what? I, I still have it. It's so funny. I still have it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Can you be. wear it? Uh, yeah. No, I got to patch it up, but I kept it for, you know, for memory's sake. Yes, exactly. But I'm so glad to talk to you guys. Um, I, You're I'd the to best. Anytime. Yeah, you guys are awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. And we will definitely talk to you soon. Awesome. Okay, good. Thanks. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye. So, Mike, none of that is fake. That is exactly how <laughs> Melissa talks all the time. Super high energy. And she does it with four kids, four teenagers. Can you imagine? And still have that energy. But I'll tell you this, listening to her makes me so hungry to be back on a Monday night football sideline. Why not? Just the energy that's there. You're right. Look, I mean, I know we've spent this entire episode talking about the history of the game, why the game actually is played on a Monday night. And then, of course, some of those memorable moments. And there are so many moments that we weren't even able to touch upon. But there's one thing that's abundantly clear. I am never going to forget Melissa telling us that she was on fire right before she was about to do a live hit on television. (laughs) And that she still has the sweater. That she still has the sweater. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, you know what, Mike? This one has been a lot of fun. It's been a weird trip down memory lane. And I can't say that I ever really wondered why football was played on Monday night. It just felt like the thing that had to be done. Well, I think you just like this episode a lot because you get to catch up with a couple of your buddies in Jaworski and Melissa. So appreciate their time and hanging out with us on this podcast. But don't forget, we want to make sure that you rate, you review, follow us, The NFL Explained, wherever you get your podcasts. And Aditi... That's Monday Night Football. Explained the best that we could. See you next week. Brought to you by Upwork, where you can build the team that will build your business. Learn more at Upwork.com. America's most reliable network is going ultra with Verizon 5G ultra wideband in more and more places. With up to 10 times faster speeds, you can download a movie in mere minutes. What? Yes. Verizon is going ultra, so you can too. 5G ultra wideband available in select areas, most reliable based on rankings from the Root Metrics US Root Score Report dated first half 2021. Excluding C band and not specific to 5G networks, your results may vary. Not an endorsement. Speed comparison to median Verizon 4G LTE speeds downloads vary based on network conditions and 5G content optimization. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.